This week's episode with Colin and Harmony Rice is so good. I am taking away so many nuggets from this conversation about how to create a game night culture in my home where kids want to come to my home. Friends of my kids want to come to my home. They feel welcome, like they belong and how to create that in your home. The audio isn't our best ever, but don't let that deter you from listening into this week's episode. It is so good. Hey there, we're Chris and Melissa Smith of FamilyBrand.com, husband and wife, parents of five, and we want to help you unleash the power of your family. And we know it can be so challenging raising a family where the return on investment is unmeasured and sometimes it feels like your efforts are completely unnoticed. It takes real courage and commitment and a long-term vision for what you are building. You're building a family. And as entrepreneurs, we always think it's so interesting how your brand at home is the one that you think about the least. But at the end of your life, it will be the brand that matters the most. And look, none of us want to wake up one day feeling like, man, we missed it. Like we missed this opportunity to create something really amazing as a family. So what you can expect from us are actionable tips and strategies that you can implement in your daily life to become a better parent, a better spouse, and to build a stronger family. The world needs strong families now more than ever, and it starts right here with your family. Welcome to the Family Brand Podcast. This week, I have Colin and Harmony Bryce. I'm so excited to have them here with us um, to bring us a super interesting conversation that I personally can't wait to hear. Welcome, guys, to the podcast. Awesome. Thank awesome. you for having hey, us. Yeah, thanks. Okay, so Colin and Harmony, just backstory. We, well, Colin, you grew up in Chris's hometown, right? I did. I grew up just a few miles from him, and uh, his dad and my dad are forever connected through coaching. And uh, my dad actually played for Chris's dad. Uh, Basketball. Chris's yeah. dad coached a lot of basketball. Yeah. Um, and then we moved to Gilbert. This is like right when we were first married in probably like 2008 and 2009. And Colin and Harmony happened to live in our neighborhood. So we got to know them a little bit then. Yeah. That was super cool. Yeah. Great times. <laughs> okay. So um, Harmony approached me about this thing that they've been doing. She's like, we've created this really cool game night culture in our home. And I didn't know exactly what that meant, but as I've talked to them more, I'm like, yes, this is what I want too. I've always, you know, there's those houses where, um, kids, well, this is how I, I view it. I'm like, I want to be the house where the kids go to hang out and have, and have fun. It's like a really, I know who the, the friends are. They feel comfortable coming over. How about, how do I, how do I create that house? And I think that Colin and Harmony have achieved that. So I want to hear about that, but I want to give you first a chance to just introduce yourselves a little bit. Tell us about yourselves and your, your family. Awesome. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, thanks for that. Yeah. Real simple. So we, you know, we have uh, four kids, you know, two boys, two girls, our, our middle kids are boy, girl twins. And so um, that's been kind of fun navigating that we, you know, we, we live here in Gilbert, Arizona and um, our kids are all different. They, they, some play sports, some are in theater, you know, some like to just have jobs. And yeah, so we, you know, I grew up in a small town to, to your point, Melissa, you know, I grew up in a small town where, you know, you had to be really creative in order to entertain yourself or it was really easy to get into other things. And so I was fortunate enough to have parents that allowed us to have, you know, our house was kind of that house where people just came and hung out and, we played games and, and did that kind of thing. And then I married Harmony and she's from Chandler and was very outgoing. And we met in college and I knew that, you know, this would be something that we could probably duplicate at some point in our life, but it 
really didn't come up until about the junior high years. So yeah, if you for sure, to... for sure. We have, so our kids, four kids in four years. So we always talk about how we're just a hurricane going through each stage of life. So mm-hmm. as we were getting close to the teenage years, it was like becoming, you know, like we, we were thinking the same thing. Like we want to be the house that people hang out and stuff, but we were living in this super like small house and we were like, I don't know, there's all these other houses with big things and, you know, trampolines and pools and all kinds of stuff. And we just have this little small house, but we could, we were starting to see that like, we're hitting the stage as a hurricane and we need to figure something out. And so um, that's kind of where things got started for us. And we lovingly refer to that house as the apartment with a yard. Yeah. I mean, that's how small, to give you an idea, that's how small this house was when we started the idea of, of trying to create this. So Yeah, for sure. And I remember growing up as well in Chandler that one of my most favorite houses was the house that we could, we always went to, played games, just anything, you know, and it would just be around the island sometimes. It would just be in the living room sometimes. Like, and it didn't have to be this extravagant thing. And so, yeah, definitely as we were approaching, and I'll just jump into it, our son was probably 12, 13 years old and our oldest son, and he was just struggling. Like he was in the junior high, the hmm. self was low. He was looking down his the feet, awkward phase. The awkward phase, the just more and more introvert. He just got glasses, you know, like just all the things that, you know, a kid is like, I don't want to deal with this and this and this. And it was like, yeah, this kid was dealing with, and he was just struggling talking to people. And so it was kind of by accident that we actually had a kind of, we did kind of a neighborhood gathering um, with some missionaries that were in the area. And so people came and Colin's really good about this. Um, He just said, let's play this game outside, you know, like, and we're not like, we don't know a ton of games, honestly, but he was like, let's do this game that I learned from a mission. And so we had people over and then kids started kind of coming into our house. And like you said, the apartment with the yard and they started kind of gathering around the table and all of a sudden, like we're starting to play a game. And we noticed that our son who was so quiet and shy was starting to like open up and look up and laugh with his friends and, and just little things, you know, you're like, wait a minute, this is really cool, but you don't want to jump in there as a parent and just be like, oh my gosh, look at you, you know, so <laughs> we, we just, um, we just realized, wait a minute, there's something to this, like having some games, having some kids over and just creating something where he can, you know, learn and he can develop and he can, because you know, they're out at school or they're out in the outside world. We can't really help facilitate that. But in our home, it was a way that we could really help him develop. So yeah, I love what you're saying about it's not because I felt this way too. That's not like the size of the house or the attractions that you have, you know, in your backyard or in your basement or whatever, that it, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be about that. Because I think that is a barrier at least for, for me i felt that before that that's a barrier to me being that fun house but i love that you're you're starting right off saying like no that's not that doesn't have to be a barrier to being to being that oh, house it doesn't it we've had all different kinds of houses too and that's like we just want people to understand that like you can create this with whatever space that you have for sure so yeah and if, and if you're fortunate enough to have a house that has a lot of cool stuff cool you can build whatever culture around whatever you've got you know whether it is that small like for instance that game that she referred to 
it was literally it's a it's a game I learned on my mission. It's played with basically broomsticks, a ball made out of duct tape, and two boxes. And it's like you're playing cricket in the middle of the road. And like if you thought about that, like, hey, we're gonna create this game out of that, you'd be like, that sounds like the dumbest game ever in the world. Like, <laughs> who would ever come to a house and play that? And yet through junior high and then in the scouting years and all that, that has become like one of the most favorite games for these young men. In fact, some of these young men, I get messages every so often. They're still playing that game seven, eight years later because because it is simple. It's easy to get together and and anyone can play it. And that I think if I if I would tell the parents something that we've learned is just use what you have and it doesn't have to be elaborate. It doesn't have to be this great thing. Kids will gravitate towards something super easy and simple as long as they feel like they can participate, as long as they're having fun, as long as they're getting a little bit of recognition while they're doing it, that'll start to pull them into that culture. Okay. Let me, I, I'm wondering, and I'm just going to ask, how old are your kids now? I can't remember. Oh my goodness. They're now you're gonna make us old. Twenty one is our <laughs> oldest. And then we have two ni- the nineteen year old twins. And then our she's sixteen, but she'll be seventeen and yeah. shortly. So we've been doing this a little while. Yeah. A, a while. Okay. Yeah. So you're like okay. I think that helps give on, context. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which to that point is hilarious. We just our, our twins just opened up their church mission calls last night. So we had a whole bunch of people in our house for hours last night. It was amazing. We have people that are literally getting engaged and, you know, that have been through this that came to that just to show their fiancés, like, this is the house that we were playing Spike on. This is the house. That we. And then we have this big wall that has all these pictures. Harmony's done a great job of during these game nights at certain points taking pictures and then she posts them on the wall. So when kids come through, that, that memory is, it's there. Like, you know, I was telling them the other day, like, no one ever remembers, like, do you remember that ultimate kill I got in that game, that video game three years ago? No, because there's been eight video games since then. Kids, when they see themselves on that wall and they're like, oh, my gosh, all those memories come back. That connection comes back. And, uh, yeah. So. I feel like they belong. Like, their picture is on your wall. Like, I belong here. Yeah. yeah. That's been really fun for sure. Yeah. Okay, so so maybe, maybe, like, walk us – through it. I know you said it's been an evolution, but if I were to say today, like, okay, I, I want to create this culture in my house. And I know um, before we hit record, you said that a huge part of this too is getting kids off their phones and actually interacting with each other. Maybe just walk me through, like, how how do I start? Yeah, absolutely. We, we didn't even realize what we were doing when we were doing it. So, um, like social media has come with a major wave over the last like 10 years. And I feel like that's kind of the time that we started doing this. So true. Um, and we, we realized too, the more and more like that we've trial and error, just like, Hey, let's have a game night. Let's do, you know, with it. And it's interesting, like whenever some of our, whenever our kids are kind of struggling and they're feeling like frustrated or things are going on, it could be friends. It could be, you know, social media itself. It could be, relationships with siblings and stuff like that like it seems like we would just be like you know what let's just have a game night let's do something fun like let's let's get our heads let's get out of that headspace and let's do something fun like we would plan a night and like I said through trial and error the best way that we found is like okay let's just pick a night not on homecoming or football game or during big you know weekends or whenever he's out of town or whatever but let's pick a night 
let's do a couple hours because kids only have a certain attention span anyway. You don't want to do a long night of let's all hang out and play games because that is just phone time practically, you know. Well, and you're asking for people to show up. At, when like when, you, when it's a long space, what we've learned is certain kids will show up early and leave. Some will show up late and then leave fast. But if they know it's like within a certain span, they can plan the rest of their night around that with their other friends or with whatever, but mm-hmm. they'll come for that space of time. And it, so to and, define like start and end time, like, yeah. uh, like what time do you generally do like seven to nine or what's a good time? So depending on how old your kids are, um, okay. we realize, you know, that 13, 13 to 15 is probably that seven to nine time. So that's a great time, you know, not feeling like you have to feed them dinner or anything. It's just like, okay, right after dinner, seven to nine, even seven to eight thirty, depending on what your night and things look like. Um, as they get older, progressively, it'll just get a little bit later. So, you know, 15 mm-hmm. to 17, and this is just, you know, you can do it however you want, but we're talking like eight to 10 and then, you know, nine to 11 at times. And now we're to the point where we have our son <laughs> in Tennessee, who's the older 21 year old, his friends will say, Hey, we want to come over and play spike ball and do games or whatever. And we're talking like 10 to one or two one in, the morning. in the morning. Oh my God. You know, but I mean, and they know, they understand, like we also like to go to sleep too, but um, they're really respectful about it. But so that's kind of what you do. You just kind of look at it. And it's interesting because one summer we did, we just were like, we had just moved into this new house, new neighborhood. And we we're like, we're going to have some game nights. We're just going to pick a few nights over the summer. Cause one of the things that I've realized is like most kids think everybody's out of town or everybody's busy or everybody's doing this or that. Like they're seeing mm-hmm. social media, but when you just like plan something and put it in that time slot, kids show up. So what we did was because we had a little bit of a gap in age, we did like, you know, I think we did seven to eight thirty was one group. And that was like 12 to 14 years old. And then we did like eight thirty to 10 for the older group. And it was so fun. Like that was actually really cool to see because we yeah. had the younger kids come. And then you, as the younger kids are leaving, the older kids are coming and the younger kids are like, Oh my gosh, I can't wait till I can stay up later or whatever. So it kind of <laughs> created this fun little bonding time for everybody to kind of interact and stuff. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Just, so the big thing is, is to answer your question, Melissa, is how do you get started? Get with your kids and just commit to them that you're going to have a game night. So, Hey, listen, we want to try this. It's going to be super fun. Um, we're going to help you with it. What do you think? And then start asking them, who would you like to invite? And one thing we learned is you don't just blast it out on social media because A, either no one comes or B, a bunch of people come that you don't even have a relationship with. So in order to start having success early on with this, you would want to sit down with your kid. Hey, here's the day. Does this work? Are there any activities going on? No, great. Okay. Who are you going to contact to let them know, hey, we got game night. But as a parent, this is where you kind of have to step in. And what Harmony was great at is, is, she started reaching out to some of the parents of the friends we knew, like, hey, just, you know, we're having a game night. We'd love to have, you know, little Johnny or Susie or whoever come <laughs> over and be from this time to this time. You know, we'd love to have them. And so what happens is, is when those kids show up, you know, um, your kids kind of starting to take you leadership of that, where, you know, you want to make sure that they're there when they come to say, hi, how are you? That They're not sitting on a couch on their phone going, oh, hey, and then back on their phone, right? Phones away. They're meeting them as they come in. You're as a parent meeting them. 
you're trying to meet the parents when they come in too. So the parents kind of go, oh, this is a cool house. This looks like fun. Cool. And then you invite them say, hey, listen, like when you come back to pick up your kid, you know, maybe peek in and see what's going on. We learned, this is kind of a little clue, but we learned too, you can ask parents to stay, but sometimes when there's a whole bunch of parents staying, their kids don't ever like cut loose. They don't ever like, because they feel like they've got to be a certain way around their family or their parents. So I would say, you know, if you're a parent planning one, you know, invite the parents to kind of see what's going on, but like ask them to like, hey, yeah, we'd love you to come back and pick up your kid because you want the kids interacting without that pressure of mom and dad standing in the background. Cause yeah. Looking over. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's how to get started. Yeah. And it sounds like too, that like what you hear you saying also is that maybe that 13 to 15 year old age, that's like, okay, more reaching out to the parents, like getting them involved. But I imagine now when you're that 16 to 18, then it's okay. Your child directly messaging their friends and that's what's getting them over. Is that, is that a yeah. correct assumption? Totally. Yeah. Totally. That's the, you're really assisting in the, in the earlier years, like assisting, helping get more people asking them who they really want to come. And then you can kind of help with like, you know, they can invite them, but you can also help by letting the parent know and stuff like that. So, yeah. And then as they got older, you know, our 16 year old daughter, you know, she's already, she's got like, okay, this is my text group. This is this, this is this. I'm inviting these people. So like they start to really take ownership of that as they move along. So, yeah. And as far as the social media, I just wanted to address that. We've had a lot of parents asking us recently, you know, like I, how do I get my kids off social media? I don't know. Like we already know that there's some really bad stuff, you know, out there for them. But what we found is that doing something like this is like, creating the space that you can put those phones down so that when our kids, when kids come over, they just know like, okay, between eight to 10, we're playing spike ball or we're playing dice or we're cards or whatever it is they decide to do. They're putting their phones down. And I think that is so great because we, I mean, our kids all have phones and they're all on it. And as they get older, it becomes more part of their lives. They have to integrate it somehow. And so, but what we found is that they're, like we've created this culture that allows this space for them when they do come over, even now without it having be, to be a specific game night, they're putting down their phones because yeah. they know like, Oh, Hey, we're here to interact. We're here to enjoy some time together. We're here to have that social connection. And I really think and believe that this is the solution to that, that like, it doesn't mean you're going to do game nights every single weekend and five nights a week. And I got to get rid of social media by doing this. Yeah. You know? But it's more like, hey, like you may not be able to get this. I feel like a lot of parents are just struggling right now. They're just feeling like I want to get rid of that. But it's like, don't worry about getting rid of it. Start creating something that will um, open up some space for them to just let go of it and just to be kids yeah. and to enjoy it. So they'll also self-regulate with the game night too. Whenever the pressure and all that's starting to happen, it's crazy now. These older kids are just like, hey, we need a game night and. Mm -hmm. You can just tell when they're coming through the door. Some of them are super excited. And then you'll start to notice the one or two kids that are struggling. And that's where you as like a, the house, um, we've had amazing discussions with kids that say, hey, can I talk to you about something? And if you're aware and you're in a good space and you're a trusted adult, you, you can guide some kids into some really amazing steps in their life that otherwise they may have taken some other paths. So that's been a huge blessing as well. So. That's really beautiful and super cool that 
that the, these kids coming into your house feel that way about you. Like, like you are that trusted, trusted adult. Very cool. Yeah, it is awesome. It's a blessing for sure. So, yeah. so what would you, um, so what do you maybe give us like some of your top activities? Like I'm still like, I'm thinking, okay, I get the kids over to the house. They're coming in the door. Now what? Now what? Okay. Awesome. Yo, no, you okay. Got, you so got. I love this. This is awesome. So first things first is, is I would just tell everyone, like, it doesn't have to be an elaborate thing. Like as far as food and that goes, like be very simple. If you want some popcorn, some bottles of water, maybe some peanut M&Ms or whatever, you know, beware of food allergies. We're not. But it's not like a huge spread that you're having yeah. catered. No. And no, huge spread. Dinner. No. It's not about that for these kids. Even though people always think they have to have food. I think as a mom, we're like, oh, I have to have a bunch of food to get kids over. You just have to have some snacks or something. You know, don't feel like there's a lot of pressure there. Well, and we learned that through trial and error, yeah. too. So that's one of the little things that you learn over time. If you have a big spread the food becomes the focus and then they eat a bunch and then they get lethargic or they just want to sit around or whatever. And they don't do anything. And at the same time, if you just have snacks and things like after they've played some games, so, you know, they're getting rowdy or whatever it is, they get hungry. It also helps them want to go together somewhere after and go eat food together. You know, if it, when I'm talking about the older kids. So it's really cool that some kids that probably wouldn't have hung out otherwise. Now it's like, dude, we're hungry. Me too. Me too. Hey, we're all going to in and out or we're all going to, you know, Chick-fil-A, we're all going to mm. Kings or whatever. And now this whole group just goes as a caravan. And now they're having an experience outside of your home. Again, tying friendships and connections made. So first tip would be, don't worry about having a big spread. Mm. So the, as people are coming through the door, obviously when you're starting out, um, and I would tell you this as a parent, your first game night could be a total disaster like ours was. <laughs> Uh, but you just have to be committed to we're going to stick to this because I think the youth want to know that they can count on it happening again if they missed one or some kids will hear about it. I was out of town. So you've got to be committed to doing this multiple times and before you start to really see the effects of it catching on. Um, and that can be frustrating. And so you kind of need to tell your kids, hey, we're going to do this. First one might be a train wreck or it might be a success. The second one might be the train wreck. Who knows? But we're going to continue to do that. As these mm -hmm. kids come in, you introduce yourself, you have a great time. And I'm just going to high level this, Melissa. So um, there's little tips and tricks yeah, you can help so people much. with. But yeah. you come in and you say, hey, who are you? How are you? Oh, so good to see you. Welcome to our house. Kind of let them know where the bathroom is in case they need to use it so they don't have to like feel weird later when like, hey, the bathroom's around there. But make yourself at home. Come on in. And we try to gather them around the kitchen table because um, people will, if they go sit on couches or whatever, they immediately on the phone, but the kitchen table, it's hard to just be on your phone when someone's sitting right there next to you. And what we do is we have some dice games that are like speed dice games that are quick and fast. So it's not like a 30 minute game. It's not, mm -hmm. these are like three to five minute games that the next person that walks through the door can immediately jump in on and start playing. And so you have these games going until you hit, you know, a five or six or seven, depending on how many people you're expecting game. And then once you have that, you kind of let that one go, but as a parent, you're monitoring it and you're going, okay, this one's starting to lose steam. It's starting to, okay, now it's transition time. Well, now we're going to transition into some like more interactive games. We're going to move it to like the front room or the family room, you know, where you have the couches. Usually it's the TV room or wherever you have it. And at that, now we're playing more like interactive games where um, you've seen that game where you have like a red solo cup on the ground and you have people standing like arm length apart. And then someone's and you and, and so there's two rows 
and you have a parent saying, you know, head, shoulders, knees, head. And then when they say cup, whoever grabs it first wins, right? And that can be fun as a parent because what you want to do is you want to, you want boys and girls opposite each other if you can. So this is where. Depending on the age and how comfortable you are. Yeah, age appropriate and all that. But it's really? even fun with the younger so kids because one of the arts I feel like we're losing in our culture is boys and girls being able to interact with each other and it not being weird. Like they actually now have yeah. to communicate and, oh my gosh, you might actually accidentally grab her hand. Oh no, like you know, <laughs> so weird and awkward. And, you know, and now, and then if you're aware as a parent, you kind of know one kid kind of likes this other girl and they kind of, okay, well, let's see this interaction happen. So, hey, you two are against each other. <laughs> oh, now the blush starts happening, <laughs> looking around. And I love people, that. Don't lose their hand. You know, and all her friends are going, get him. And, you know, they're, it's this weird, awkward, flirty thing that, you know, you can help control. <laughs> we but, all remember. But they're glad yeah. you did it. You totally. know, like, Thanks for putting me with yeah. her because I, you know, whatever. Exactly. So those are fun games. And then, then, so those are quick, fast games as well. And then we transition into these games like um, the name game where it's like you have slips of paper and you write semi-famous people's name on there, you know, cartoon character, whatever. And then there's a whole guessing, like three rounds of guessing. What's cool that that is, is now the kids are all at this point, they've interacted enough. They know each other's names mostly. They kind of know like how the flow's going. And now they can be on the couches or sitting around on the floor. Again, whatever works at your house. And now they've kind of got to collaborate with each other to see how to win a game. And it's a lot of fun. Any any games where they're switching seats too. So if you even have like maybe it's a backyard and you just have a bunch of chairs. So any games where they're switching seats and they end up sitting next to somebody else and like those kind of games are really, really good. And you can look up tons of games and find tons of ideas. But where that's kind of where you want to get more interaction that way, eye to eye, sitting next to each other, like you said, um, elbowing this guy or this girl or whatever. But just so that they have that positive interaction. It's so important. Yeah. Do you have any other games? Well, I, I don't know if Melissa, if you have any questions on that so far, I felt like I just rambled. No, it was, it was great. I loved it. And I'm just going back to my um, junior high experience. And I remember there was this, I had this one friend, I think she only did this game night like two times maybe, but it was boys and girls together. And I think their older sister who was, like older in high school, she was kind of helped facilitating it. And it was these like fun interactive games where you could, I can't remember what it was, but it was like, they were calling numbers and letters and you were running to the middle. And yeah, you might bump into the boy that you had a crush on. And I just remember being like, that was so fun. Like, when do you ever have the opportunity to do things like that? So I totally could see, you know, what you're saying about how yeah. it's so fun and the kids just love it. Yeah. It's hilarious. We love that. It, it's great. And again, for, for socialization and, and that with the younger group, it's great. As the older group starts to come in, they get the flow of it. They've been doing it for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing to avoid, I guess, if I was if I was going to say anything, is like any games that are just like two or three or four person games. Like you, mm. the more you start seeing kids sitting on the outside, not interacting, you're, you're headed for a disaster of a game night because now you're trying to figure out something else. And so anything that's interactive. Now, there are some instances where it's like there's a game going on in the front room. You got kids kind of that came in late. That's why it's good to have like the dice games or some quick card games or something at the kitchen table. So even though they can't participate in what's already started, 
you can get a game going here. And just as a parent host type thing, you got to be aware of like kids are kind of on the outskirts and, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe, maybe they're just not feeling something that day and it's okay to go over. Hey, how you doing? What's going on? That type of thing. Glad you're here. You know, that's a big thing to tell these kids as they come through the door. Hey, how are you doing? We're so glad you're here. Welcome to our home. Feel free to, you know, this is like your house. You know, we're, we're just glad you're here. And another thing I want to piggyback on that with is that what's really cool is as they're growing and developing and that, you know, like 13, 14, 15, it's really cool to give them the opportunity to do that. Like, um, you know, like our son, actually, I asked him all of like about this, we were traveling and I was like, how do you, what did you think of the game? And I was like, how did you think it developed? Cause he was the one that watched it all develop. And he said, one of the coolest things when he first started doing it was that he was the kid that like kids would be like, Hey, where's the bathroom? Like just something that simple. And he'd be mm-hmm. like, and he would feel like cool that he knew where the bathroom was like, <laughs> Hey, it's over here. Just go right here. You know? And so then like we would give him a little bit of, you know, responsibility in that or like, hey, Brett, do you want to like lead this or do you want, you know, or can can you help move everybody move to the next room or whatever it is, you know, or outside or whatever and let them kind of be the one to look to. Like I like that you mentioned that older girl that was taking charge and or helping with it. That's mm-hmm. what you want them to do. So I remember listening to your podcast of that support and challenge And this is so good for the support and challenge. Like you're there to support, but you're also there to help them, you know, like, oh, you could teach them how to play this game. You've played this a few times, you know, and then they're like, oh, okay, I'll teach it, you know, and then you just help the kids listen to them. And so that's what's cool, too, is they get older, they start to realize like, oh, I can do this. So to the point where, like I said, our son isn't even here, but his friends are even here telling it, you know, like, okay, let's do this now, or let's do that now. So it really creates leadership and achieving and that self-confidence. And that's what our son said really helped him to have that self-confidence to realize like, like I can show them around, I can do this. And, and then they start to take more ownership of it. And it's just, it's just incredible. Well, I think you bring up a good point on that too, Melissa, that we have these parents that are like, I know my kid can be that kid. They're just not stepping into it. At these game nights, for instance, again, to that point, when your kid steps up and takes that leadership, their friends start to see them in that light. And mm-hmm. now they look to them as that. So that's a way as a parent that you can help your kid take that on, but be seen as that, like what you see in them, but they're not exhibiting quite yet. Um, now their friends see them in that role. And even though they're not realizing like, but they start to go, well, yeah, well, the next time something comes up at school, well, Brett can do that. You know, he did it at the game night. He could do that. Now the the shift in the way they view your kid is a big deal, right? Because prior he's just nerdy kid with goggles at class. That's, uh, but at game night, he's, wow, yeah, he kind of led that. And yeah. they don't want to be up in front of the school leading it. But, hey, Brett can, you know, and now <laughs> they, so it shifts true. the view of him at school. I would never have considered that as a benefit of these game nights, but as you're explaining it, I'm like, oh yeah, of course. Like what a cool, what a cool thing to come out of this game night. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, the humor comes out or whatever talents they have, they come out, but in your home, you can help shine the light on that. And then the kids see it as that. Now that leaves your house and goes with them to school and other places. So as a parent, um, that's a blessing. For sure. That's so true. We have all completely different kids. Everybody does. 
but it is funny to see the areas which they have strengths in that they step into and it's not going to look the same for every kid, you know? So that, that was really cool. Yeah. The last thing I would say too, Melissa, I don't, I don't know. Do you have any other questions? I feel like I'm just rambling. I have a couple of things I want to touch on as you've been talking, but keep yeah. going. Go for it. Well, I just didn't want to forget it. So we talked about the game night and then the games and obviously you start running up against this timeline and these kids are going to start wanting to leave. Mm-hmm. One of the crucial things that we found is before that first person leaves, so once you start to see the first person leaving, stop all the games, get everyone together and take a group picture. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, the kids are going to moan, oh, are you serious? Come on, we're in the middle of the game. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, you'll hear it all. Yeah, whatever, guys, we're the old people. Just get together. Yeah, right? we're going to take an old style picture <laughs> yeah, yeah. of like this, not like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> not yeah, like yeah. a selfie. <laughs> not, not like a totally. Selfie. But then what happens is you take a few and, and then – Again, it's funny to watch the kids jockey for position of who they want to be by. Yeah. Hopefully by then, the boys by the girls. Or, you know, yeah, yeah. Up. bond has been made between two girls or two boys or whatever. Our friendships have been re- rekindled. You take that picture and it's solidified. And what Harmony's been really great at, she created an account about, you know, our game nights on Instagram. And she'll just post up a picture just saying, hey, so glad to have you guys in our home, da, da, da. And um, these kids will look for that. And it, what it does is it solidifies that experience in a way that kids can go back and revisit it and revisit it and revisit it. And then over time, you know, all these start to stack up. And it was like, I was at that game night or I remember that or whatever. And now they have it solidified um, in that. And so, so just a little secret there to that, get kids to want to come back. That is such a big deal. And it can kind of concludes the night. So then people don't feel like, they're just kind of sticking around. They don't know. It's like, okay, here's the conclusion. It's like, signals, this is over now. And they also like have that memory captured. Mm -hmm. It's so cool. And even if you don't post it or like if people have issues with having their faces posted or whatever, it still is something where they're like, hey, will you send me that? And even parents are like, hey, send me that picture, you know? So it's something that you can share with those that want it. And so that's what's really cool too. This is, I've been loving this conversation and I do have just a few, like, I don't know if they're logistics or what, but a few questions. So how many people on any given game night are we talking? Like what's the sweet spot? Well, I would say what, like 10 to 15 is the sweet spot. To start. Yeah. And, and even like seven to 12 with even the smaller groups that you can like help and kind of, so yeah, that's a really good sweet, sweet spot. We've had way more than that and realize well that was a little too many and we've had you know just three or four kids which it's it's great you know but really what you want to do is invite twice as many as you want there uh, that's so a that's point. a key thing too like mm. if you want seven or eight then you want to invite you know 16 so okay yeah. that's a great nugget yeah um and it, okay it sounds to me like when this game night happens like you as the parents you are on like all night mm-hmm are you there? I'm just wondering, it, as your kids get older, do you find like that they kind of do it on their own eventually? Or is it like the whole time you're always kind of there, available and kind of behind the scenes doing it? Yeah, great question. So early on, you're there to help guide and, and assist. The ultimate goal is for you to be, you know, we always say, I wish I could be a fly on the wall. That's your goal at at certain point. And I don't want to say that you're you're completely hands off like oh yeah they're having a game night we're up in our room 
And here's why I say that. And this is important if you have it over time. As a parent, like you want to interact, you want to give these kids a hug. Like we're huggers. So when these kids come in, they're getting a hug. There's something about a hug that kids just need. Some kids will literally come over to a game night just to get that hug. I promise you that. But then you also kind of want to just be the fly on the wall to see like there's there could be the one or two kids that as like Harmony says, the game night's leaving or it's going on. They're just kind of floating off to the side. Something's going on in that kid's world. And if you're aware of it, it's okay to just go over there. Hey, how are you doing? So glad you're here. And and then just listen and let them maybe open up. And they may have, you know, just a bad day or maybe they just broke up with someone, but it could be something as maybe they got some family issues or something. And they're hoping that you'll ask them about it so they can talk to you about it. You also want to be there too. And we didn't really address this, but you kind of have to regulate um, the level of energy in the house, like it's great to have high, high level. And trust me, we're loud and we warn our neighbors like, sorry, this is a game night. It's happening. And just we love you guys. And they're all so cool about like teenagers interacting. But you don't want it to get to the level of destructive, um, you know, where, you know, we have had things broken in our house. And at first we were like, uh, but we decided early on if we leave something in a room because we do play spike ball in our big family great room. So I just wanted to say that's why we found that has like been the ultimate game that keeps people coming back and back because they get to play off the walls or whatever. But we did break things. We broke mirrors and we broke. And I say that to say that that was our fault. You know, we should have removed those mirrors. We should, we've learned now we take our TV out of the front room when we're playing that game. Because mm-hmm. if a kid breaks something in their house, it might be the worst deal ever and, we look at it as, you know what, we're allowing spike ball in that room. So anything that gets broken is our fault within reason. Obviously, if they're throwing each other through a wall or something, that's like there's a level of mm-hmm. monitoring that you kind of have to do as a parent. Like, hey, we're okay with you guys being a little loud and you know crazy energy, but we don't get it, let it get to the level of destructive. And same thing with any of the game nights. Like if a kid starts being disrespectful to other kids, if they start, it's okay to say, hey, we don't do that in our house. Like. And they'll generally knock it off. So I guess that's what I'm trying to portray is as a parent, you don't want to control everything, but you need to be there to kind of help when things, because they're kids, they'll get out of hand. Yeah. Yeah. And like you're saying, it sounds like as soon as they understand like, oh, that's not part of the culture here or what we do here. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. As they get older, you'll start to see though that the older kids regulate yeah, that, which is true great. too. That's, that's awesome. Okay. And then I guess the one last, I've been trying to take notes as we've been going. One thing you said before we started recording that I think I would like to touch on a little bit again, is that these game nights have invited so many different types of people into your home and it's given them the opportunity to interact with people that they may not otherwise and form friendships that they may not otherwise. Will you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, because like I said, all of our kids have different personalities and stuff and they are so close in age. It has been funny to watch like the meshing of different personalities and stuff and different, like we have a daughter who's in theater and she's amazing. And, and it's funny because their game night looks a little bit different because theater kids are a little bit more this way or that way, you know, and then obviously the spike ball for the kids that play sports or like we have some soccer kids that come over too and, so, um, I mean, like, what's cool is that when you sit down with your kids and you're like, okay, who are we inviting? How, you know, how's this going to be? You might have to be like, okay, they've got these friends, but maybe they only have eight of them. And you want to bring in some support from like your neighborhood friends or someone in your, you know, church group or something 
just to kind of bring in some more options, you know, cause you don't, you don't want to set your kids up to fail. Like, you know, like they invite eight people and then one shows up or whatever. Um, so you can bring in like those church friends or whatever. And then what happens one time we had a big, like, I, it was like one of those summer nights and we just invited a bunch of kids and we invited church friends. Cause we were thinking like, we got to get everybody just in case nobody. Well, it's you know, Arizona. We no one's in town in the summer, right? So we yes. invited all of these friends from the, you know, the church. We invited all the kids that they were in at our last neighborhood. He invited all his friends. It was just like, it was madness, but it was really fun. And we learned a lot, but all of a sudden kids are coming in and somebody screams because they see this person, you know him and you know him. And Oh my gosh, we've known each other. Like, and just all of a sudden you have like these just crazy connections. And so like where you didn't know, I mean, you know, on social media, who's your mutual friends. It's kind of fun to look at that. Mm-hmm. But like this is literally seeing your mutual friends in action, you know, like, actually hey, in real life. That's your friend. Yeah. That's your friend. You know, and so there's all these connections. So it just brings this like fun environment where people do want to come back and they do want to see who's who's on that wall and who's like who's been here. And that's another thing too is the wall is another mutual friends connection in real life where they're like, oh my gosh, you had so and so here and so and so. And there's just so many different people and interactions that we've had over time. So, yeah. And to, to add to that, Melissa, you'll invite kids and they'll text you at some point and say, is it okay if I bring a friend? Yeah, bring your friend. And then that friend gets pulled in and they're from a different school, but that connection in real life is made. Oh my gosh, we were in elementary school together. Right. So um, to your point, that's how you connect kids that are involved in different things, different backgrounds. And all of a sudden there's a connection or the other benefit is, is those kids come in and again, going back to the point, they'll start seeing those kids in a different light where maybe they thought of them as one way at school, like weird, controversial or, or like rowdy and rambunctious and they get them here and it's like, oh, they're actually pretty cool. Um, I You start to see them in a different light. So um, it's just a great way so true. Yeah, to have them interact at a different, just in a different atmosphere. Different atmosphere. It's so good. I've loved this conversation personally. I'm like, oh, like how do we, cause I'm our oldest are 13 and 14, seventh and eighth grade. Yes. I'm like, they would be the perfect age. But in, I've been, I, my initial thoughts are like, but we're just renting this house and there's no grass in the backyard. And you know, your mind just like thinks yeah. all these things, all these reasons why it wouldn't work. But I'm like, no, why, why am I thinking that? Like, why couldn't we do that right now? It sounds like it would be, so so fun and all all these benefits i'm like yes i want i want those for my kids and it reminds me of this i listened to this podcast the other day about it's this woman named mel robbins and she has this little podcast on um audible right now but she one episode is about having fun and she's like we have forgot how to have fun like as a society and how like some of her nuggets are like, you have to plan fun. You think it's just going to spontaneously happen. Mm -hmm. She's like, it doesn't happen. It has to be on the calendar. It has to be planned. And that's when the magic happens, but it happens because it was planned and it was intentional. Yeah. So spot on. So spot on. And you got to be, and you got to be committed to it over time. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like the magic can happen once and then the next one can be a train wreck, even family vacations, right? Anything. Mm -hmm. But if you're committed to it over time, the magic that comes out of it is amazing. Okay. If people had questions or wanted to connect with you further, where can they find you? Yeah. 
so yeah, we have that social media. Uh, we're yeah, we're just we're wanting to put together, um, you know, like a class or a coaching session or something for people. But we do have an email. We play ball in the house at gmail.com. It's just spelled out. And then we also have the Instagram. Um, we call it the Bryce Game Night Culture on Instagram. So um, you can kind of see what it's looking like, you know. And then I would totally say, Melissa, like, just do it. Like, just, I mean, it, even if you're there for six months or however long, I don't know how long you guys are there, but just, just do it. Like, your kids are going to be like, oh, thank you. Just like you were thinking when you went to your friend mm-hmm. that game night. It's like, mom, thanks so much for doing this, you know, and it just you guys are going to be that house. I already know yeah. it anyway, but do it. It's just going to be fun. And don't worry about that. I've talked to a lot of people too who are like, I don't have this and my house looks crappy here and da da da. It's like, well, do you have a table? Yes. Do you have just a spot where the kids can sit on the couch? You can do this, you know? So, so just do it. I would say any other way we can, they can get a hold of us. I would just say, yeah, if you want to follow that Instagram account so you can get an idea of what it's like and then, yeah, just reach out to us via email. We are going to be building out some some more robust ways to interact. And, um, you know, we do want to interact with parents. We, we just because we are getting asked a lot and we just started realizing, like, this is a very simple way for parents to get control. I don't know. That's a bad way to put it. It's a great way to create a culture in their home to help their kids become who they should become. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and literally, we, we hear about getting kids off of social media. This is a super simple way to get them to see that because when they can start to feel the pressure and the thoughts and all the stuff that comes with teenage and it's like, I need a game night. And my friends will probably need one too because they're in the same circles. They'll start to self-regulate on social media and that. And as a parent, that's like your dream, right? They're never going to get all the way off it, but... Um, yeah, so we're excited to help parents. We'd love to help out and reach uh, as many as we can. We're not perfect. Uh, I, hopefully everyone knows that. We're just parents that have just been in the mix for a while with it. and We've seen the results and blessings of it. And if, if we can be a value add to someone somewhere, uh, we're happy to do it. Yeah, I love it. Thank you guys so much. And I'll drop all the, the you know, the links to your um, Instagram and your email and everything in the show notes so people can connect with you there. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you for having us, Melissa. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. You're awesome. I love your guys' podcast. <laughs> thank you. You guys are great. See you, Talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Family Brand Podcast. To say thank you, we have something really awesome we'd love to share with you. You know, we often hear from families who will tell us that they just feel so overwhelmed because of the demands that are placed on them. They feel like they're constantly being pulled in so many different directions and spread thin and they're spending time as a family, but they don't feel like it's quality time. They're not really connected and they want to be more intentional. And we can certainly relate because we felt like that at one point in in our family. And so we created a guide that allowed us to really be more confident around how we spend time as a family and what we say yes to and what we say no to. And it's just brought so much more peace into our home. It's made our lives so much more simple and we want to share it with you. So if you go to familybrand.com, forward slash free, you can download the how to take back your family's time guide. And I can promise you it'll give you more confidence and more peace in your life and your family. One last thing, we feel so inspired when we hear from families that we are making a difference for them. We would love it if you would leave us a five-star rating and a review on the podcast so we can reach even more amazing families. We truly believe that the way we change the world is one family at a time.